Bienvenida to the Latina Business Coach Podcast. I'm Jessica, your host, founder of Femina Society for Latina Entrepreneurs, mentor, and business strategist. This podcast is for you if you have a massive desire to be successful and you know you have crazy potential, but you're still wondering why you're not where you want to be or even how to get started. The thing that you're missing, it's called strategy. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about in this podcast because, Mija, you're trying to build an empire and you just need someone to tell you how. Lista? Let's go. Hello, mujeres. Thank you guys so much for listening. We are going to continue this conversation about change. We are going to continue this conversation about equality. And honestly, this episode is just going to be focusing on shooting some straight facts before I go into a little bit about why I'm so passionate about this conversation, this topic, and how it ties into my mission personally as a business coach and as a community builder and as to why we are listening to this podcast right now. So you guys may or may not know this, but my mom is an immigrant. She came from Mexico when she was eight years old and she literally swam across the river on a stranger's back. Her and her siblings came here. They didn't speak any English. Uh, they were able to still, you know, able to move forward, build careers, start from scratch. My parents speak fluent English. My grandparents got their citizenship, um, grew up in Chicago. And my grandpa, when he arrived, he actually got a job um, as a janitor working for one of the tallest buildings in Chicago. So he actually worked there for years and years and years, retired from there, pretty much gave everything he could so that his seven kids could have more than what he did. And I know that some of you are totally relating to this conversation because maybe your parents or grandparents are immigrants and you've heard the stories, you've heard the struggles, you've heard of them having to live, you know, in a one bedroom apartment with like 10 or 15 people because, you know, everyone's just trying to get ahead and everyone's just trying to get jobs. So yeah, so I think that that is honestly a common thread with why I feel so called to serve the Latina community. And it really just comes down to that common thread of like we understand the hustle a little bit differently and for those that are listening that are not latina i definitely do not want to discredit you know your background or if you are multicultural which most women that listen are so i'm not discrediting anybody's background um, or anybody else's family hustle but this particular conversation is really focused on the american dream that our parents and grandparents and you know great-grandparents have risked everything to come here and reach right then to to be able to work hard and accomplish it so what is the american dream what is the programming that we get once we are here what are our parents working so hard and sacrificing uh, you know so much for us to have what so the point is for them to work really hard to be able to provide a life um, you know, and have more things more for their children so that their children can go to school and focus on studying and working really, really hard at, you know, learning and being the best student so that they can get a scholarship, so that they can go to college, so that they can get a career, whatever that is, any type of career, honestly, any type of college degree. Um, that is exactly what 
you know most latino parents want they're like hey just go to school keep going to school and then once you have a career and you you know you get your job and you have benefits um then you know maybe you can do some traveling maybe you you know can then meet your spouse get married have kids buy a house have a 401k on lock right and that's pretty much like the american dream and if you hit all of those things preferably in that order um, and then you know have your children and then be able to provide and and create a new like something new for them then you're doing everything right and that was what this sacrifice was about that's what makes everything worth it um and i know that this story all of you guys are like yep this is exactly what we were programmed to think and i also just want to say there is nothing wrong with this if this is what you've done and this is what you believe there's nothing wrong with it um but i also just want to challenge this thought and this concept a little bit more i think that we have really held on to some of these beliefs and these missions because of what our parents want and culturally we love to please our parents and we just want to make them happy we want to make all the sacrifices worth it 100 percent, we are grateful forever for the sacrifices for taking that leap for coming here right and 100 percent, i'm not discrediting that in any way but i also want to challenge it a little bit so when we think about the facts as far as okay let's say if we did all of the things we went to school um you know now we have debt from from school and then we get a, a job maybe that we're not the happiest at and we're being discriminated at work we're not getting paid what we're worth we don't feel valued we don't love what we do we're stressed out we're unhappy maybe you do love your job and that's you know not relatable to you but also still thinking about okay when we hit 65 we plan to retire and statistically especially now with our generation and future generations it looks like the age of 65 as far as retirement doesn't seem possible it doesn't seem like that's going to happen for um, very many of us and so we're pursuing this dream of like being able to work really hard so that we can enjoy the fruits of our labor later on but really are we ever going to so that's just a food for thought on that. And so I kind of just want to go back and I want to pick apart the American dream. Like, what is this? What are we really working towards? I think sometimes we're so tied to this identity, this mission, this dream that sometimes isn't even our own. It's really our parents' dream and goals for ourselves because they didn't have the opportunity to do it themselves. Let's dig into this conversation a little bit more. We're going to talk about... Um, some of the things that are really affecting us right now as Latinas. We're going to definitely hit on the pay gap with Latinas. We're going to definitely be talking about how to really create generational wealth. And then we're also going to be talking about what, you know, the American dream means to me. And so I'm really trying to redefine that. And that's going to be the basis of this conversation, the breakdown. Honestly, just going to dig in with some facts real quick. These are not opinions. Um, I was able to pull up some facts from as recent as November 2019. And we're really going to hit the topic on the Latina wage gap. Okay, what does this mean? Why is it harmful? How is it affecting our families? How is it affecting the economy? As you guys know, because we come from, you know, just a different type of hustle, we come from immigrants, right? Or maybe we come from a background of people that came here and they were just happy to have a job. They were just happy to have more than what they left behind. A lot of Latinos left prominent careers, possibly in their in their home countries, 
but came here with, you know, just trying to put food on the table. So picking up jobs that maybe other people didn't want to do, doing um, services, cleaning, you know, all of the things that people didn't want to do and taking less money for it because one, you know, maybe of the immigration status, because of the language barrier, because of fear to speak up, because of fear of deportation. And I wonder how this has continued to follow us or how it's continued to affect us now. It's 2020 and, you know, Latinas are, we're spicy, like we're passionate. We stand up for what we want. Um, you know, we're, we're not afraid to, to clap back. But why are we the lowest paid women um, in the U.S.? Why are we the lowest paid? It doesn't doesn't add up for me. It never makes sense. And this is a conversation that um, is like literally one of my favorite things to talk about because it literally has become part of my mission. So let's talk about this Latina wage gap. What is it? You know, how is it affecting women? How is it affecting our families? How is it affecting the economy? Um, really just breaking it down. So pretty much what we're looking at is when when they lay out the wages for the last year so like in this year particularly we're going to be talking about uh the 2019 u.s census right they put this number out at when we see it we look at it across that in 25 states plus puerto rico the largest numbers of latinas working full-time year-round ranges from 39 cents for every dollar paid to white or non-hispanic men to 59 cents so we are on average getting paid 57 cents for every dollar paid to a white non-hispanic man in service jobs um, it's 63 per it's 63 cents in management it's 62 cents and in office and administrative support you guys it's 82 cents this is something that we're like okay we maybe you know, we're thinking like, it's just a, a couple of cents. Is it really a big deal? You know, we, we never talk about pay again, maybe culturally or company, you know, the company you work for, like no one's ever allowed to discuss their salary. Like how much are we really getting paid? Um, when we break this down, statistically, the wage gap shows that even the highest paid occupations for Latinas, maybe a chief executive, which could be an average salary of about 87000 per year. That's what a chief executive Latina would make in comparison to a white non-hispanic man would make 116,000. So, we both show up, we both do the same job. We use our Latina superpowers, our female superpowers, our intuition, all of our gifts, all of the sacrifices that we put in, right? Aside from being maybe moms or whatever that looks like. And we get paid 86 grand and a white man gets paid 116 grand. So that is in, um, like I said, just more of a higher, higher paid occupation, but even then breaking down, you know, something that's more in the middle, which would be like nursing. So on average, Latina nurses are paid $52,000 per year and non-Hispanic white men are paid $67,000 per year. This is just to kind of give you an idea. With nurses, there's a 22% gap, right? And then with chief executives, 26%, financial specialists, 35%. Obviously, now that you're hearing these numbers, you're understanding how this can really affect us as families, as as women, as breadwinners, you know, a couple of cents doesn't sound like a lot, but when we're talking about thousands and thousands of dollars every year that we could be using for whatever we need, right? Like life, we're still getting paid less. This is a conversation that gets me hot, you guys. It gets me irritated. It 
just makes my insides boil because I'm like, why? Why is there this gap? Why does this exist? And what are we going to do to change it? So I'm just going to share a couple more facts about this Latina, this pay gap, because we need to be talking about this. We need to be bringing awareness to this and we need to be able to figure out solutions as to how we're going to overcome um, and close this gap, you guys. So um, eliminating this gap would pretty much provide much needed income to Latinas who are the head of a lot of households. So a lot of Latina mothers are the breadwinners of their family, which means that the family relies heavily on their wages to make ends meet, to get ahead. And with a lot of households that are headed by Latinas, uh, it looks like I'm reading this quote right here, 33% of these households live below the poverty level compared to 11.8 of the U.S. households. That means that 1 million Latina-headed family households live in poverty simply because of the fact that we are getting paid less. Wow. Okay, so let's keep like digging in because if you guys are getting like a little irritated and maybe now you're thinking about your paycheck and you're like, you're like, wait a minute, this guy like at work who's doing less is just on his phone and blah, blah, blah. He doesn't even show up to work like dressed up. He's like a slob. He's probably getting paid more than me. What the heck? So just really thinking about um, how in addition to these lower wages, we are still facing gender and racial discrimination. We're still facing sexual harassment. We're still facing violence in the workplace, right? Aside from the wage gap. So there's so many things, more things that we have to deal with. Um, and there's so many more things that we have to worry about. So, you know, we're more worried about um, having a medical expense. We're more worried about being able to care for our relatives, our family, our parents, who, of course, like we always want to go back and help. Um, and so we just want to think about why we are going to continue to fight for this because Latinas 100% deserve to be able to have equal pay and to be able to have, you know, the, that um, medical leave and, and just being free of discrimination. So I think right now while we're having these conversations about discrimination and what's wrong and, you know, calling shit out, like we are being paid less than the white man. When we break that down a little bit farther, right, like based on what we make, maybe that's what our benefits are based on our 401k our retirement our security the things that we are basing our future on that it's at the hands of this this pay gap so here's a couple of more facts for cents on the dollar so i know that a couple i'm just going to give a couple of states but um, primarily here in arizona where i am the cents on the dollar pay gap is 51 cents uh, california 39 cents texas 42 cents new york 53 cents Illinois, it looks like 47 cents. Puerto Rico's 89 cents, right? And Puerto Rico is part of the U.S. That doesn't make sense. Uh, New Mexico, 58 cents. Ohio and Florida are tied at 59 cents for being the highest in the pay gap. So what are we going to do about this, right? What can we do? And this is why I feel so like it gets me fired up, you guys, because I'm like, all right, how can we start bridging this gap at work? You know, some of you girls are corporate girls you love your corporate job you love 
what you're doing and you are killing it. You're a boss babe. It is bien chingona. You're doing things. You're doing big things. So maybe it's a good conversation to have as far as negotiating salary. You know, maybe calling it out, having that conversation at your annual review or um, when you're getting promoted, being, not being afraid to speak up and to say, you know what, I would like to point out that this is a wage gap and that this exists according to the U.S. Census, right? And I just want to make sure that I'm not part of that gap. I want to make sure that my work is being valued, that my efforts are being seen and that I'm being compensated fairly. That is a huge conversation to have with our bosses um, and, you know, maybe walking in kind of assuming that there is a pay gap that exists and essentially calling them out and asking for the freaking 52 cents difference, right? Now let's talk about some generational wealth, okay? So, Yes, we are aware that we need to bridge this gap and sometimes we maybe feel like, well, it's my job, right? And, I, and I'm based on salary, so I'm, I'm stuck as to what I can make. There is that kind of glass ceiling or that is that there is that limit, like I only can work so many hours. So that's really where we start to think about bringing in additional streams of income. That's really where we start to think about our investments. And that's really where we start to think about how can we start to lay out that foundation for generational wealth, okay? Um, I am not a finance expert. Um, one of these days, I'm going to bring on a finance expert for real who's going to tell us how to um, make smart investments. But I can give you guys a couple of things that we should be looking at that are going to help us start to build that generational wealth from what we make what can we take from there to be able to invest in possibly stocks, possibly real estate, um, possibly taking advantage of, you know, making sure that we have a life insurance policy of being able to invest in our child's education. So really, you know, if being able to pass down that education to our children, making sure that they are, you know, learning and growing, maybe not just in college, but also thinking about private schools, thinking about how we're going to start to teach our children about financial wealth, right? How are we going to start to talk about money when we're around our kids? How are we changing our money mindset? Hello, how are we going to change that? Oh, just, you know, I just need enough. Um, mindset that maybe we grew up with like oh I just need enough to put food on the table I just need enough to pay the bills oh we don't need a lot we just need this oh if only I can just pay for this you know or maybe I, I'll have a little bit of a better apartment I'll have a little bit of a bigger house no like we don't just want a little bit more so we need to change our mindset and our language about that we need to watch the way that we're talking about mindset and finances around our children so that they are aware of that we're creating wealth that we're building something for them as well and that way you know we're not going to have these conversations about money be something taboo at the dinner table like we want to talk about money we want to have the conversations about finances we want to have the conversations about you know investments and growing so that's some of the tips that i have as far as building wealth but lastly you guys already know that i was going to bring this up which was to build a business. Um, building a business to me is going to tie into my next point perfectly, which really is about the American dream. When you build a business, it, it is something that you can pass down to your children, to your family. Generational wealth is wealth that is passed down from one generation to another. This is through the accumulation of assets, for the future to provide financial security. 
And I think that all of us for sure are trying to build empires. We're trying to make it. We're trying to do, you know, the best that we can so that we can provide financial security for ourselves, for our children, and for the generations to come. Okay, so how does this tie into the American dream and what I think it is and how I'm really just trying to redefine it? I personally don't think that the American dream should be tied to, you know, come here, work hard, go to school, work hard, get a corporate job, 401k, benefits, marry kids. Like, I just don't think, you know, buying a house, like, I don't think that that is that just because that's somebody else's dreams and maybe your parents dreams that doesn't mean that it has to be yours so i'm just gonna release anybody who needs to hear that that doesn't need to be your dream that doesn't need to be your goals that doesn't need to be your mission okay but i also want to say okay well what can we rewrite the american dream to be for me i feel like entrepreneurship is the american dream entrepreneurship is the thing that literally does not care what background you are, what language you speak, what color your skin is, what your education is. If you only got to fourth grade, eighth grade, if you have a master's degree, a doctorate, we all start at, you know, this, the same level playing field and we all have an equal opportunity at starting and creating and building a business. That is, um, in my opinion, the American dream. We all can think of maybe some family members or maybe your parents, your in-laws, that they have been able to start and build a business that, you know, has been able to create the lifestyle that they want, that has been able to send their kids to college, that has been able to allow them to pay everything in cash to be debt-free. That's awesome, right? And and some of those um, businesses have nothing to do with actual formal education. Maybe it's landscaping, maybe it's cleaning houses, maybe it's uh, providing services as far as like nannying or watching kids so just really thinking about that i think that when we create businesses and we build it and we build it in a way that it is sustainable uh, where it, it doesn't need us to um, be there all the time right to be able to create residual income to be able to create a business that can run without us that can run um, maybe with a team that can be scaled that can be advanced and grown that is really creating something that is the foundation for generational wealth that can be passed down to my children, to their children, and really just creating a plan and a simple formula that they can run and duplicate. So those are my two cents on how we can reposition our mindset around what the American dream is. We just need to let go of these expectations of what has been put upon us. I know that we, you know, our parents mean well. It's nothing against them. They want what's best for us and they, you know, maybe have this mindset of this is what's best. This is the process. So that doesn't have to be for everyone and that isn't true for everyone. So it just with all of this being said, you guys, I have just taken it personal uh, with all of the business owners and entrepreneurs and leaders that I, you know, I'm choosing to surround myself with and work with. I've made it a personal mission at this point to really help and support Latinas who want to start their businesses, who want to improve their careers, who want to be able to have the confidence to negotiate, you know, higher, to be able to um, level up in all aspects of their life. And that's what Latina Business Coach is about. That's what this business is about is the how. How can we do that? How can we bridge this gap? How can we create generational wealth? How can we change, you know, our perspective on the American dream? How can we start a business? So it's just become, like I said, 
my personal mission through this business to assist women and helping a thousand women create six-figure incomes through their own businesses, through their own coaching programs. That is my mission. Um, I'm declaring it. I know that it's going to happen. I know that that is part of my purpose. I'm happy to share it with you guys. If you feel called to bridge this gap, this is something that you're really passionate about and you need help with how you're going to start your business, how you're going to become a coach, I would love to help you. That is why I created and do what I do. I just know that this generation, this group is going to be the one that's going to make the change, right? We're making changes in social injustice. We're making changes through voting. We're making changes through bridging this pay gap. We're making changes through starting new business. All of these freaking changes, you guys, and this is what we need. This is what we need. And so some of us are really just on a mission to be advocates for our parents, for our immigrant family members who made those sacrifices for us. And the best way to really make those sacrifices worth it is for us to contribute and create change. Thank you guys so much for listening. Hasta la próxima. Thank you so, so much for listening to this podcast. I'm so grateful for you. If you want to keep hearing podcasts like this, nothing inspires me more than seeing that people are subscribing. So please subscribe, please leave a review, and tell me what are some of the key lessons you learned and how you're going to apply this to your business. Also, can you do one more thing for me? Take a screenshot and post it. I'll definitely share it and just remember one more thing. You could be one strategy away from making it big. Hasta la próxima. Say goodbye, Latina business coach. Say goodbye, Latina business coach.